You wake up one morning and find out that you have a headache, sore throat, pain behind the eyes, and a loss of sense of taste or smell. Now, you run downstairs and you have a bunch of different COVID tests, a bunch of uh, at-home COVID tests, and you take one of those. And unfortunately, you find out to your dismay that that test has come back positive. But because you listened to the science behind that, you shoot Atticus at thescienceBT at gmail.com an email asking him about the science behind COVID reinfection. And ladies and gentlemen, that is what we're talking about today. Welcome to the science behind that with Atticus Hamilton. Hello, everybody, and welcome on back to the science behind that podcast. I hope you guys are doing good. I know I am doing very good. Um, Look, I'm finally back with another episode, so that's awesome. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. I know I say this every time, but this time I am really trying to stick to my Monday to Friday schedule. Some really good things happened in my life, Um, so... You know, I'm going to use that energy, I guess, to um, move forward and and create uh, episodes and the educational content that you guys look for on a regular basis. So, today we are going to be discussing the science behind why people can become reinfected with the coronavirus, even if they've already been vaccinated and or have had it. Um... Now, some of you may be like, oh my gosh, he he has the corona. No, I don't. I don't have the corona. Um, I found out recently that apparently I'm immune to the coronavirus, which is really interesting. And apparently there are a couple there there are people there are other people out there as well who are fundamentally immune to the coronavirus. So if you guys want to hear an episode about that, um, shoot me an email at the science bt at gmail.com, and maybe we can make something happen. So jumping into today's episode, so there are a couple things we have to understand first before we can understand um, uh, how how the coronavirus is able to cause reinfection in people. So the first thing that we have to understand is a, a sort of a rudimentary understanding of how this vaccine works. So I had a whole episode on the COVID vaccine a long time ago, um, and that was by far uh, the favorite episode amongst you guys. So I appreciate you guys for blowing that episode up because it really did get blown up. Uh, and um, so the, co- the current COVID vaccine is an mRNA vaccine. And what that means is basically the viral mRNA is surrounded by a lipid envelope or a little bubble, basically, that's made of lipids or fats, right? And on the surface of that little lipid envelope are the spike proteins for the coronavirus. So basically... When you get vaccinated, what happens is a couple things. Number one is your immune system recognizes the um, the spike proteins on the surface of that little lipid envelope. That's number one. And number two is those, um, those almost pseudoviruses, you could think of them, 
um, from the vaccine or in the vaccine will bind to cells and the cells will produce only the spike proteins. That's why the mRNA is there. The mRNA that is used in the COVID vaccine is specifically the region of RNA that codes only for that spike protein. And so then the cell will display those spike proteins on its surface and the immune system can recognize that. So now that we understand how that works, a big thing that I'd like to clear up is is this idea that the vaccine doesn't prevent infection, which is true. Um, And that's what makes this vaccine very odd. And what I mean by odd is a lot of vaccines for the really nasty diseases throughout history conferred immunity, prevented you from getting sick. Polio, um, the smallpox vaccine, um, flu, or at least that's the goal of flu. It's it's 30% effective, which is really good for a vaccine, but still, you know. Um, Anyway, flu, um, what else? You know, uh, uh, swine flu, SARS, um, Ebola, the Ebola vaccine is a vaccine that is designed to prevent infection. But here we have the SARS-CoV-2 vaccine, and unfortunately, it does not prevent infection. It just lessens symptoms. So somebody with the COVID vaccine or who had the COVID vaccine can get infected with COVID, but doesn't develop symptoms that are as severe as somebody who didn't get the vaccine, right? Now, I know initially that was a a part of big confusion amongst people because initially um, politicians were like, if we have the vaccine, then we can slow the spread of the virus. And then after they got the vaccine, it was like, well, actually, it doesn't slow the spread of the virus. It just prevents um, life-threatening infection. So why is that? And the answer to why that is, is kind of confusing. So when you inject the vaccine into the patient's body... There are compounds in that vaccine called adjuvants. And what an adjuvant is, is it's a non-harmless compound that excites the immune system um, excessively. And it strength, it's generally, it's seen to strengthen the immune response against the virus, against those viral antigens. Now, with the SARS-CoV-2 vaccine there is a very high level of adjuvants in the vaccine. And the reason is because that if they didn't have those adjuvants in there, for whatever reason, the immune system does not respond that aggressively to the virus. Now, that's the interesting thing right there. So, the immune system responds to the virus in the vaccine, right? And you make antibodies against the pseudoviruses in that vaccine. So why don't you have immunity then um, when you get exposed to the virus in the outside world? And there's two reasons here that I theorize are the most likely at play. 
Now, the reason why I say I theorize is because, frankly, ladies and gentlemen, there's very little research into this particular question, mainly because this is, I, I believe this may be the first significant viral infection that we've had experience to where the vaccine does not produce immunity to getting the virus. It only reduces the severity of the symptoms. So what happens then is that a person gets vaccinated, their immune system makes antibodies to the viral spike proteins, right? And then they, you know, go out into the real world and one of two things could happen. Number one is they get experience with a strain of SARS-CoV-2 that um, the in which the spike proteins in which the spike proteins are different enough um, to where the immune system doesn't recognize it. That's number one, and that's I think I I would say in a lot of the scenarios in which people get infected after getting vaccinated, that's probably the most likely culprit is that they've gotten infected with a variant that has some sort of change or variation within the spike protein binding site that results in ineffective antibody um, binding um, and opsonization. And for those of you who don't know, because I'm going to use this term opsonization frequently, opsonization is where you have like a pathogen and it's covered with antibodies, and that makes it ineffective. Like, it can't bind to any cell receptor. It can't do anything, basically. And it just makes it a sitting duck for our immune system, then, our neutrophils and macrophages to come in and eat that up. All right, sidetrack over. <laughs> so that's number one. That's the first scenario. The second scenario is that the pers- the patient experiences a strain of the coronavirus that would have been that would be covered by the vaccine but for whatever reason still gets infected now the symptoms that that person that that patient experiences are not necessarily going to be as bad as the symptoms somebody else will experience they still get infected and develop the disease and the question is why well Remember how previously we mentioned that you need the adjuvants in the vaccine to initiate an aggressive immune response? For whatever reason, and this is and and the reason I say that is because there's very little research into this that has yielded an answer. The immune system has a very poor antigenic reactivity to the coronavirus. Um, and because of that poor reactivity, what ends up happening is the immune system does respond to that virus in that vaccinated person, but unfortunately it's not strong enough to prevent the virus from infecting cells and amplifying. And so what you have happening is the immune system is weakly reacting to this virus but not strong enough to prevent infection and not weak enough to, um, you know, uh, produce severe infection. 
So then how does this compare to natural infection? You know, you've got infected once with the coronavirus and then, um, you know, you get infected twice. Well, in all honesty, they're pretty much the same. If you've been infected previously or if you got vaccinated, your B cells, your effector B cells, will generate very effective antibody against the virus for about 28 days. But after that, the effector B cells will no longer generate that antibody, which in a normal scenario would be fine. But with the instance of coronavirus, for some reason, plasma or memory B cells are not stimulated in high levels. Now, what are memory B cells? Well, memory B cells are basically, you could think of them as the the recipe book of the immune system. They keep a log of every antibody and, uh, you know, every antibody, how to make it and what pathogen it goes against, basically. But for whatever reason, their logging capabilities for the coronavirus are very, very poor. And people don't really understand why, but it's, it's, you could almost think of it as trying to write something down with a ballpoint pen on a piece of wet paper. You do get some ink down there, but not good, not, not efficiently, and you don't get a lot of it. And it's the same sort of idea with these memory B cells, for whatever reason, they do not generate or remember the combination of antibody to the coronavirus, and they do not produce it at a frequency that we would expect with other viruses. And because of that, you can get reinfected with the coronavirus after 28 to 32 days um, of previous exposure or 28 to 32 days post-vaccination. And so... What basically happens then is your memory B cells do produce some antibody against the virus and the immune system will use that and take out some of the virus, but it won't be enough to completely eliminate the virus from the body and prevent infection. So ladies and gentlemen, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode on why We can get COVID twice. If you want to hear another episode on why people are, um, some people are immune to the virus, you can always shoot me an email at thesciencebt at gmail.com. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, remember, stand up and question everything.